What's up, Internet? You're tuned into episode 75 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. So, you might notice if you're paying very close attention that most of the regular crew is gone this week. They're all at New York Comic Con and I'm holding down the fort. They're going to have some great content for you next week, but I got some great content for you this week too. I'm joined today by our very special guest, streamer and all-around great guy, Mr. Mike Kane. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty damn good. Though I'm not at Comic Con, uh, so I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, <laughs> well, we can't win them all, right? No, unfortunately, that's what the video games are for. There we go. You are on the coolest podcast on the whole internet, and I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. So uh, why don't you tell the kids at home a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name's Mike Kane. I've been playing video games since, oh boy, since I could remember walking (laughs) across my neighbor's street for to play on his NES. So the NES. Yeah, so a bit of a history there. Uh, I like eSports titles like Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike. Dragon Ball Fighters a bit. I program at a consulting firm. Unfortunately, not quite the video game developer, but as I think we've seen in the news lately, sometimes that industry can be a bit rough. Um, yeah. So uh, I've known Pete for a little bit through like high school connections, through his band, and like the music scene in New Jersey. So small world, how it all's uh, come back yeah, together. Right. Awesome. Well, we very grateful to you for stepping in to fill three losers shoes i've got big if you, feet if you want to see what those guys are up to you can check out at the comics pals on instagram and twitter they've got some cool updates from comic con they're meeting all the cool people they're seeing all the cool panels and we're just here talking about what video games we've been playing this week so what do you been, what have you been playing mike uh i was fortunate enough to finally get to start playing spider-man this week so the last two nights have been just web just, swinging just uh as an xbox boy i'm very jealous of all you spider-man kids yeah uh honestly uh some of my friends are have been xbox diehards as long as i can remember but all the exclusive have made especially spider-man have made them finally crack on getting a playstation I, Spider-Man's the one, and it's, it's you know, wearing down my resolve. It's like, oh, well, I can't really spend $300, but, like, Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they have a good Christmas deal coming up, because they would be able to move so many consoles with oh, how I'm much sure, the news yeah. is working in their favor. Yeah, so... Yeah, a lot of, I, lot of Spider-Man. A lot of Spider-Man. Um, so I'm going to take it you love it like everyone else in America does. So far, yeah, it's... It's like all the little things. I don't know. I know you guys have already talked about it before, so it's been like, like those little bits about just like the interactions with the people on the street or just like the tiny touches about like just the New York things about it. And uh, that's because yeah. especially like, I don't know, at the end of the day, I'm friggin' tired. I have a few minutes to play and <laughs> like you just kind of get like lost in it for a few minutes. And even it makes the video gamey aspects of it that gets so boring feel like something fresh. So it's been real fun to dive into. Awesome. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad it's, you know, helping you out in those couple minutes after work. Yeah. I'm sure the the consulting firm life is stressful. Yeah, and then for some reason outside of playing games like that, I like playing Counter-Strike and Dragon Ball, so the other the most stressful things I can do. So I, I need the contrast where it's like yeah. <laughs> from competitive stuff to just all right, no, I'm a superhero. <laughs> I finally got my hands on Dragon Ball this week, actually. Yes. Um, what version? Since it came out on the Switch. Yes. I've been playing around with it, and it's uh, I'm very bad at fighting games. 
<laughs> you picked a fun one to jump into then. But I love Dragon Ball, so I figured, okay, this will be the one, and I won't be good at it, and I'm not good at it, but it is great. <laughs> I played, like, probably 40 matches online this week and managed to win one. Hey, that's one more than zero. Exactly. Because Yamcha is the fucking man. Oh my god, one of my friends uses Yamcha as his anchor, and it's just, he can make a, like, a 1v3 comeback happen, and he'll just shit-talk you the whole time, and you just know it's gonna happen. The Yamcha comeback. Yep. I, uh-huh. so I, did, like, don't know the meta very well at all, to the extent that there is one. Yeah, there, but, there kind of is, but the game's nice enough to where, like, doesn't really matter if you the nice part is they just recently added like new ranks you can see some of like the very very top people's teams and they really don't go with the meta much so all the shitters you see online like saying like oh they're op they're op everyone oh i have to use the meta (laughs) to get better the game's fun play who you like to play as and it eventually clicks find people you can play with though that's the that's the trick i get my ass beat by my friends who've been playing for years that's the only reason i get better yeah that's that's the same way I, I have a couple friends who've been, you know, real into fighting games since they were, like, six. And it's just like, oh, yeah, all these combos and frame data, that's, like, second nature to them. Yeah, it's so overwhelming at first. It's like, oh, I just want to make Vegeta punch Piccolo. That's yeah, really I just want to see the special beam cannon. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so all that stuff, that's what you need the friends for. Cause, and plus, I think, as some people kind of pointed out as a negative, uh, there is some... A few universal combos to like every character, and like the auto combo system helps. So I think there is a good, there's enough of um, the easy into the learning curve for this game. Unlike any other fighter I've ever tried to pick up, and I've like messed around with Street Fighter in the past. Didn't I didn't even look at Marvel versus Capcom back when that started because I was like three v three. I can't even do one v one. But like you said, like it's Dragon Ball. I had to jump in, and I knew I had friends who were going to be on it. So. I think if you're going to pick a fighter to pick up, it like this is the entry point. Oh, for sure. It's been just... I can't fathom the number of people who are still playing. Like We're like a year out now? Yeah, I think just and about. And they just, they just launched on a new platform at full price, and that's selling like hotcakes. It's crazy. Yeah, I think Season 1's just wrapping up now. The, uh, the last two characters just came out, uh, Android 17 and Cooler. Um, okay. So people are already trying to get like the season two announcement threads going. Like people are posting their predictions about that. So there's still a lot of, in my opinion, good community hype. I think like a healthy subreddit's a good sign of a good game. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Community size at least. I don't know about quality, but <laughs> <laughs> how many characters are left though to like, you know, get those characters that are going to get people excited and be like sell season two. You know, I think that's one of the nice parts about being able to pull from a franchise like Dragon Ball is that even though the the thing that everyone really knows in terms of like nostalgia and franchise uh, familiarity is the core Dragon Ball Z series, so mm-hmm. there's still a few people in there uh, that they could pick up on, uh, whether it be either variants or like old versions of people. Some of like people want to see the different versions of Super Boo, uh, stuff like that. But you could even go back to like core Dragon Ball and do King Piccolo or, like, Tao Pai Pai or, like, old-school dudes like that or even just, like, Kid Goku with the Power Pole. Oh, that would be cool. People are saying, oh, no more Gokus, but don't tell me you don't want to use Power Pole Goku. At the same time, there's enough Gokus. Yeah, exactly, and that's where all the super guys come (laughs) in. So, like, I want to see, uh... Oh, God, what's his name? The... Uh, not the... 
He's the guy who unlocks his God of Destruction powers while he's fighting Vegeta, and it gets real nasty for him. But... Oh, I, I know who yeah. you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. Yeah, during that whole arc. But they've got them. They've got the new Saiyans they introduced there. Um, I'm glad they already opened up with a few people like Hit, because there was like a good balance at the beginning of all of that. But I don't know. They've been yeah. pretty open to going into the movies as well, obviously, with using like old-school Broly, since now there's going to be a canon version of Broly. Uh, Cooler's been a really nice addition. Um, the new version of Android 17's from Super, as opposed to being like Android 18 from Z. Oh, that's... I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah, so his moveset's inspired a lot more by his whole, like, Ranger thing and all of his, like, some of the stuff you see happen in the Tournament of Power. So that's been cool. And then, also, people definitely see Janemba. The movie that came out around, like, the Boo Saga. So he's kind oh, yeah. of, like, supposed to be, like... The studio always kind of rips off whatever the main villain is at the time. Mm-hmm. But this was one where they kind of took, like, how Boo can't really be killed in conventional ways and turned it into this weird, like, reality-warping power. So there's some cinematic stuff there. Oh, and naturally, speaking of him, Gogeta. Oh, Gogeta. Yeah, so... Plenty of... I think they have plenty of material, and Arxis has been fantastic about varying up the new DLC characters. Like, people... I think with the core roster, you can make the argument that's... Might be a little bit too samey, but each new DLC character, now that they've kind of got the core balancing down, they've been able to introduce some new mechanics that I think make the new characters feel fresh, so I'm excited for Season 2. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't picked up any of the DLC characters yet, but I'm sure I'm gonna. Oh yeah, once... Through this game. For sure. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and if you're anyone who's on the fence on Dragon Ball, I would recommend it to literally anyone who likes Dragon Ball or fighting games, or wants to like Dragon Ball or fighting I believe games. it's 50% off on Steam right now as well. Oh, shit! Yeah, so if you're on the fence, hop off it. There you go. Mike King coming through with the deal's recommendations. All right, if you want to let us know what you're playing this week, uh, you can write in here your thoughts right on the air, give us a random question of the week, or just say hey by dropping us a line at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. If you want to follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold, you can stay up to date on everything we got going on here at The Pals Network. And we got some cool shit going on here at The Pals Network. <laughs> Pete and Thompson just launched a Let's Play show where they roll a D20 to pick an NES game. Um, Pete and Thompson trying to figure out Tech Mobile is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. God, I think I'm just a fan of anything involving D20s, so... Oh, Absolutely. Um, if we should really use them to make more of our decisions in American life. Yeah, I'd probably make much better ones if I let the dice decide <laughs> for me. Me and you both, brother. <laughs> if you're an audio listener, we greatly appreciate you uh, dropping us a like on your platform of choice. Or if you really want to help us out, you can bounce over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated podcast. That's really cool, but we're really... Really pushing for that sixth star. Nobody else in the history of podcasts has it yet, and we want to be the first one. If you want to check out our brand new YouTube channel, you can like this video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, click that notification bell so when we post these videos, you'll get a notification maybe if YouTube's algorithms decide to work. <laughs> and last but not least, the most important thing you can do is if you like the show, share us, share it with your pals and help them become our pals too. Um, as Sean likes to say, he's not here. It helps us a lot more than it costs you. And so, with all that nonsense out of the way, it's time for the random question of the week! The week. Alright, so this is, this is an old evergreen one, but I figure we got Mike, a new pal on the show. 
So I'm, I'm going to hit it with the heavy stuff. Oh, boy. Mike Kane, new pal, guest of the podcast. It's What's me. your favorite video game of all time? Can I kind of count the franchise or the singular game? Mm, I want to make it hard oh. and say the game. Yeah. Um, but, but I know that's the, not fair. I'll let you no, go franchise. It, or, or like a top three. All right. If I can get away with the franchise thing, Counter-Strike, just because I think Global Offensive is the best version of the game, despite the 1.6 people who will never let it go. <laughs> but um, I think if I had to pick a single like favorite game, like Stranded on an Island... Could play it till I died. Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. That oh, is, in shit. my opinion, just like the perfect game that I can just go back and have fun with forever. Okay. Um, so I got to ask, are you going to pick up the Kingdom Hearts Story So Far collection for the PS4? <sighs> God. that As someone who just said that that's my favorite game, <laughs> I'm so tired of Square Enix milking <laughs> this, man. Like... I get that there's some level of convenience for people who are brand new, but, like, how many times are you going to re-release it? How many times, yeah. like, give some people a deal, give them some incentive, and I just feel bad for the Xbox people. They're still going to be, like, so lost if they can't... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, why? I, I'm going to have no idea what's going on, but I figure even if I played Kingdom Hearts, I would probably have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's definitely the complexity of it's become a meme and it gets a little bit overblown, but it's just in like the very last couple of installments they info dumped so much world changing stuff where it's oh, like blink yeah. and all like you look away, look back, and all of a sudden there's time travel. That's like an important game. And after so many like recoded and three fifty eight over two, and yes, before someone gets mad at me, I love the story of three fifty eight as well, but it wasn't a good game. You get tired of it, and you don't necessarily check it out. It's hard to keep people engaged, especially with all the crazy titling. So, for me, I've already played the hell out of all of them. So, personally, no, I wouldn't. But if you've literally never touched the game and you're looking to get into it, yeah. I just wish they'd make it a little bit more appealing, I guess. Because it's just, it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I appreciate that they're putting all, like, nine or whatever games on one disc. Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's it's so weird that they're putting nine games on a disc in preparation for Kingdom Hearts three. But yeah, I think two of them are still technically uh, like the HD cutscene versions of the game. So like, there's oh, a few okay. of them that aren't like full games, but it's like the condensed what you need to know. So for the sake of catching up, it's cool. But I really think the main thing is like, where where's the love for their Xbox fans? They're just they want people to jump in on three. I I really think that when they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming to Xbox, they expected the Xbox One to do a lot better than it has. Yeah, that might be it, too. And um, I would love it, uh, because I don't have that background in playing Kingdom Hearts. I just never got into it growing up. But at the same time, I would not have time to play all those games. Yeah. Um, that's one thing, definitely, I noticed about like replaying the old ones is that it's a lot of cutscene. Like, in the same way that I know I'll never jump into Metal Gear Solid as an adult. Mm. Like, I don't have time for it. Because, like, I've done, like... I've tried to do, like, pretty quick speedruns. Like, not, like, speedrun speedruns, but, like, just, hey, I'm going to do a level uh, level one critical mode run. I don't need to see the cutscenes for the eighth time in my life about friendship and the whatever Disney <laughs> movie I'm in. Like, I'll watch a few, like, memorable ones, sure. But, like, if you just cut through... Like, cut out, the like, the cutscenes, every level can take, like... 
15, 20 minutes tops, if you know what Jesus, you're doing. really? But yeah, with the cutscenes, like, each level could take, like, two hours, two and a half hours, like, and, and, like, the, I think, like, the core version now, the nice part about the, the one thing that is definitely very nice about the collections is that they use the final mix versions of the game, which let you skip cutscenes, have some quality of life changes, things like that, so they're definitely, and the load times are apparently second to none, so, like, if you are, like, an adult trying to, like, cut through it, and you're just kind of, like, dorking through the Disney worlds, you probably cut out a few of those hours. Yeah. So I want to defend Metal Gear Solid here and say <laughs> that the cutscenes are way too long, but you could theoretically do the same thing and just have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And I think the first Metal Gear Solid is on two discs on this PlayStation 1, and you can finish it in five hours if you, like, hurry. Yeah. I've heard, that one is definitely, like, I feel like I owe it to myself just as a gamer to at least play MGS1. It's just, like, it's a classic. It's like watching yeah. Alien or something. Oh, for sure. It's, like, it's a great game, um, but it's it's a lot, and a lot of it doesn't make sense, even, like, <laughs> yeah. even knowing what's happening, it doesn't make sense. Even the context laid out after it in, like, MGS2 yeah. and stuff like that, like, the plot points, like, I've still tried to, like, have people, because I have admitted to myself that I'll probably never play all the games, but I would still replay them for, like, gameplay purposes, but mm-hmm. I've still tried to read posts about people, like, explaining the plot, and it's, I guess, what it must be like to try to read the Kingdom Hearts plot, where it's like, yes, so he can exist in various points in time, but after they all go away, the different versions of him have memory loss. And you're like, this used to be about a kid and Donald and Goofy and what? Yeah, that's that's the thing that's always surprised me about Kingdom Hearts, is like, oh yeah, I thought it was just like a fun JRPG romp through D- Disney movies. It was, at one point. And then it's, oh, and then there's different versions of him, and then... We're all Xehanort. There's Organization 13, and then... Then there's the true Organization 13. I wish I was kidding. There's... What's the difference? Uh, (laughs) that's a great question. Um, there's a certain point where the big bad guy basically... Voldemort's people... Where he, like, splits his soul, like, and, like, makes himself okay. part of other people. So the first Organization 13 is just, like, the acts of the nobodies that make up all the stuff going on in Kingdom Hearts 2. But that, in and of itself, is a subset of the Master Plan, wherein the true Organization 13 is, are these 13 vessels of darkness that he needs to battle these, I think it's seven vessels of light to remake the Keyblade, which is a, with a key like the greek symbol <laughs> and i would like the worst part is i feel like i could have been making half of this up and it would have made as much sense but this I, that's actually the plot point you could have made half of that up i wouldn't have known either yeah. way so if you want to either tell us why kingdom hearts 2 is the greatest game of all time or just tell us what your favorite game is again hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com we'd love to hear your answers if you have your own random question of the week so i don't have to come up with these that would be great too and uh with that we're gonna move on to the news the news the news All right, so first things first, we're going to hit an update to a story we've been talking about for like three weeks now, and hopefully it's the conclusion of it. Uh, The final season of The Walking Dead has found a home at Skybound Games and will be completed by the original dev team. I think that's at least what they said they're trying to do. Hopefully those guys got a raw deal. Yeah, they did. Um, 
but it looks like it's going to end up well for everyone. Not in terms of the devs have long-term positions, but they're going to get paid to finish their work if they want to do it. Um, the Walking Dead is back in Robert Kirkman's hands. Uh, Skybound Entertainment is his company that he uses to publish all sorts of things. Um, and I think that's good for everybody. Yeah, this seems like a best-case scenario yeah, sort of deal. he announced that uh, Kirkman himself announced this at Comic-Con uh, Saturday. Uh, said that it would just be too much to lose Andrew Lincoln and Clementine in the same year. <laughs> Which... I thought it was pretty funny, but I, I think it's great that they're, you know, stepping in to finish the game and that we'll get to see, like, a full conclusion to Clementine's story. Yeah, when you have a community that's as invested, I guess, as that, like, it's cool to see not only that people wanted to see the game finished up, but also wanted to see the people who'd been making it the whole time be part of it. You know, they didn't just want it just finished for the sake of, but you're seeing, like, the actual OG crew come through and ride off into the sunset properly. Yeah, I think that's a, a great move. I think that there's nothing they could have done to burn more goodwill than to say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we're stepping in, we're buying the IP, we're finishing it, <laughs> but we're hiring all new people. Yeah, like, damn. But, like, I wasn't planning on playing this, and I still probably won't. But I think it's great for people that have already spent money buying the whole season. Like, I know uh, Pete and Bessie of the Video Game Pals slash the Comics Pals was very upset because he bought the whole thing day one. And then before episode two came out, they were like, well. Yeah, and he's really into games like that and like uh, Life is Strange and all that, right? And he talks about those a whole lot. And I can totally, I've only played uh, The Wolf Among Us. But even that, like, for that short time, like, if they had made more chapters for that, I was like, I would have bought, I definitely would have bought that. Like, I understand that. And it's just, like, by chance I picked it up. Yeah. So I can totally get people who, like, especially when you look at the numbers for the amount of people who bought the season one of it, even though the numbers dropped off after a bit, those people have been playing for that long. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the sort of investment that they have in the game. And, like, I feel for them. So this definitely is kind of like a oh, this is actually kind of a nice ending for everyone. Yeah. Although I'm sure the game won't have one, but at <laughs> yeah, least in real life. Die. It's The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, they find the cure. Oh my said god. Said no zombie game ever. That would be... That would be a twist. Man. I've spoiled oh, no. the game. They're rewriting spoilers, now. Mike, spoilers, Mike, yeah. spoilers! Damn, I'm sorry. I'm on for one show <laughs> and I just blow it. I, You know, I'm impressed. I think you make us industry insiders if you're spoiling the end of Walking Dead, so thank you. <laughs> Hold on, I think I see a black van oh, outside my house. Yeah. Uh, so moving right along, also in things we were kind of talking about last week, yeah. um, Warner Brothers had a leak this week, and it looks like they're making a Harry Potter RPG. Uh, Reddit yes. user Vape This Bro posted a video of a trailer from what he said was a Harry Potter RPG made by Rocksteady. Um, last week we were talking about what's Rocksteady's mystery project. Is it Superman? Is it Justice League? It is still probably one of them because it isn't Harry Potter. Um, Eurogamers <laughs> sources at Warner Brothers confirmed that the game is real, but that it's not being made by Rocksteady. It's being made by Utah-based Avalanche Studios, who have only made the Disney Infinity games. But those games were pretty fun, and 
If you haven't seen the trailer for this, I think it looks pretty cool, but I'm a big Harry Potter nerd. Um, they posted a press release talk about how the game's set in the 1800s. You're going to be a fifth-year student at Hogwarts and choose from eight character classes and how you act, good or evil. And I think it looks really cool. Yeah, uh... I grew up reading the Harry Potter books. I was super into the movies. I literally played Quidditch, oh, Quidditch. like the real world. That's, that's so fun. Yeah, around like broom. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually a really fun. Thought that's a long <laughs> story, but uh, no, this is. I've always thought as much as I'm not a super invested in like the new movies and like the play, like all the stuff that's kind of happened post like the core series ending, like. <laughs> I've been super hot about all of that, but the idea of the Harry Potter world as a fantasy setting, like something you could plug and play in like in a D&D campaign or something so like good. that. For, so for the sake of like, yeah, like I'm all about this. And then it, like it looks nice, like it looks polished and apparently if it's a leak, it's pretty early. And if they're already get, if they already have kind of like that vibe going, like it that feels like they really yeah. captured like a unique twist. It doesn't feel like I'm watching a reskin like Elder Scrolls like yeah, I've looked like it Harry looks like Potter, I, it man. It looks like so much fun too. Just like running yeah. around, blasting people, and doing other things with magic. Because I don't know if you ever played the. I think it was the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows game. No, I dropped off after like Chamber yeah, of Secrets or something. Was, that was for the best. I got it as like a you like video games and Harry Potter Christmas gift from an aunt that doesn't know. Oh me very yeah, um, yeah. It's. it's I got a lot of movie property mm. games after that yeah. shit happened. <laughs> Sears Unfortunate Events game. Oh, I'm looking no, at that you. That was a game. Yeah, it was. Was it like I, based uh, on the Jim Carrey in the movie? definition? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a really strange adaptation of the whole thing. But uh, that's yeah, rough. But uh, no, but this this looks this does not look yeah, rough. I'm very excited for this great, actually, and I really hope that they do the property justice. I think that they're doing sort of exactly the right sort of uh, steps in terms of, like, making it feel real and part of the universe and not just a rehash of the books or the movies. Yeah, which I think has been what's plagued a lot of the newer stuff where it kind of feels like it's either trying to, like, revisionist Mm -hmm. certain things or it's, like, trying to, like, add stuff or, like, retcon certain things. This just feels like a romp around the Harry yeah. Potter universe. Like, it just... And, you know, you can just fucking kill a goblin, which was, like, what? Yeah, like, and it looked like they had some, even though it was very quick moments from the footage that we saw, it looks like there's dueling elements and things like that with, like, actual cover and, like, spells and, like, counters and things like that. So, depending on how they actually flesh that out, things like magic combat, like, there's so many things you can do with that. So, especially, they've got a, they've got a good franchise mm-hmm. they're working with. They've got a lot of potential gameplay mechanics to work with. If they knock it out of the park, they've got all the pieces there. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely love that. Warner Brothers, don't fuck it up. Please. Please. So, to move along, speaking of hits, the Nintendo Switch has sold 20 million units since last March, and Nintendo's already thinking about putting out a new model. Sounds like that. Um, They're looking at putting out, according to the Wall Street Journal, sorry, uh, Nintendo is contemplating a new Switch model uh, in 2019, which wouldn't be a whole new product. It would still play your Switch games. You could still play the new Switch games on your old Switch. So it's it's not like a, you know, 
uh, a whole new platform, but it is a new model that will be thinner, more energy efficient, and have a nicer screen, more akin to a smartphone than the Switch currently is, and will probably also change the hardware that hackers were able to exploit on the original model to get into and like do homebrew and stuff. So my question for you, Mike, is this a good idea? Mm-hmm. Is this too soon? Or is this just a nothing of a story? I think it's a great do idea. Do you have a Switch? Because I do not. And that might weigh into part of the reason why, but I also think it's if you've been along with Nintendo for the last few years, it kind of falls into line with like the 3DS models and even some of the smaller updates to like the Wii and Wii U along the way. I think, like you mentioned, they're kind of going towards some more smartphone tech. Um, I think following that sort of iteration model kind of makes sense for them. And like, why not? If they have their manufacturing process down to a science that they can just switch over to these new models. Yeah. I, I think that's probably smart. I think everybody might be uh, starting to go the way of the, the smartphone annual release. We've, we've heard a lot of rumors out of like Microsoft that they're going to get away from console generations as it were, and just start rolling out, like, a new Xbox every couple years that won't make your, you know, it won't make your Xbox obsolete if you were up to date, but it'll, like, phase out one from two or three years ago, Mm -hmm. and that you'll just upgrade. I just wish they'd make... Sorry? Yeah. I just wish they'd make the full jump, like, basically be a straight-up Steam competitor. Like, if I could access the PlayStation Network on my PC and just play, like, Spider-Man on my PC, but I have to buy it through them... Fine. If they're financing those studios and I have to buy it through their game front, sure. Plus, it'll probably make competition elsewhere. But I think, like, once you get to those incremental releases for bigger consoles like that, like, you're towing the line there where it's like, well, at what point do you just buy a PC? The Switch, at least, that's like a mobile platform. Like, there's a lot of arguments to be made about updating the hardware on that along the way. Stuff that, like, with a bigger console, if you're dropping that much money, because, I mean... The Switch is still a console, but it's on the cheaper side compared mm-hmm. to the other ones, especially like the 4K machines or air quotes 4K <laughs> machine, PC Master Race. Um, but I don't know. I think the Switch isn't a conventional console, and I think it makes sense for them to try to keep that experience, especially the mobile one, since that's what suffers the most when you have the dock. If you can keep making that better and better, why not? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um I do have a Switch, and I love my Switch, so I'm probably not going to buy a new one. But I, you can't go wrong with better quality hardware once you've like figured out the bugs. And mm-hmm. if they can keep the price point the same, like that $300 is the perfect like budget range, I feel. Yeah. And yeah, if they can keep that the same or even drive it down, they're going to get it so that instead of just having like, oh... Every house in America has a Switch. It's every house in America has a Switch for each member of the family. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. And that's like the same way with like the DS. Like I had my I had my launch 3DS, the entirety of that console lifespan, and I lived with people who would get like the newer ones and like I those things are yeah. sick, but I'm not gonna drop more money on the new one. Like I didn't feel like it was my 3DS was cheapened by theirs. I was like, eh, if it really bothers me, I can always upgrade to a new one, then maybe sell my old one, like why not sell if you really want the new Switch? Yeah. Sell your old one to a friend. Like, sp- spread the love. 
And then Nintendo wins out then anyway because they're buying games, you're buying games, and then everyone has a Switch, like you said. And then when everyone has a Switch, everyone can play Smash Brothers. And nothing can ever be wrong with everyone playing Smash Brothers. 64 player Smash Brothers. I I, I think my brain just broke trying to imagine. (laughs) On the plus Uh, side, you might have found the player count that makes Hyrule Castle a playable map. There's no such thing. (laughs) So we got Mega Man. Don't know if you're a Mega Man. Man? A Mega Guy? I don't know what the... A Mega Fan. That's what the, the term mm, we're going to go that's with. That's it. So if you're a Mega Fan out there, Capcom announced this week they're bringing Mega Man, the Blue Bomber himself. I think that's what a nickname for Mega Man is. To the big <laughs> screen. They're teaming up with 20th Century Fox to make a live-action Mega Man movie. <sighs> Did you ever think you'd say I that? Didn't. Especially in 2018? It's, I think it's going to be terrible. But will I if they do it right and they understand, like I don't know, I feel like if they're they could make it into like an almost accidental comedy <laughs> if they play it right, if the actors are really good. Like I hear that's kind of like what happens with Venom where it's like yeah. He gets that he's in a like he plays it up like it's kind of a comedy, but everyone else is super serious, so it's kind of funny to watch happen. I, I don't know. Tom Hardy can pull that off. I don't know what's going to happen with maybe. Mega Man. Mega Man's going to be written and directed by Henry Joost and Ariel Schumann, who made I don't know if you saw the Emma Roberts Dave Franco movie Nerve. It was okay. Mm-mm. It's going to be produced by Masioka, who played Hero on Heroes, oh, and okay. it. He's working with the studio that's made the recent Planet of the Apes movies to produce this. And those movies were good. Yeah, no, that's actually not, not some bad accolades there. we um, get, in this press release, the greatest nothing of a quote I've ever heard about <laughs> like their goals for a movie. Capcom aims to appeal to a diverse audience, including not only game players, but action movie fans as well, with an adaptation that maintains the world of the Mega Man games while incorporating the grand production and entertainment value Hollywood movies are known for. We're making a Mega Man movie. Just, (laughs) can it be good? I think there's a chance. Is there anything about... Mega Man storytelling, though, that really screams, I wish I was watching this and not playing it. No, I th- that's why I think if they lean on the action and kind of make, like, the powers cool and stuff like that, if they kind of make it a love letter to, like, the different upgrades, like the bosses and stuff, and kind of just focus on that and just make it flashy and fun. Oh, I... Sure, like, it, it could be fun to just watch, but if they try to lean on story, oh, oh God. No. Um, let's see. There's Dr. Wily and Dr. Light, and there's good robots and bad robots, and I've played a lot of Mega Man, but I, that's all I know about the story. Yeah, like, I I play the Metroid games, I'm a fan of, like, those style, like, that's the series. I landed into the territory more of the okay. Mega Man, um, but, like, I didn't play Metroid games mostly, like, for the story. It's, like, the cool environments and the puzzles. Like, Metroid Other M trying to, like, throw a story into that. Like, Metroid a heavy-handed Other narrative M was a nightmare. Heart. Yeah, like, huh, the baby. The baby. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's, what that's like, if they try to throw a narrative into Mega Man, we're going to be watching Metroid Other M happen, except with a different blue-clad Oof. protagonist. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping they just kind of go for pew pew and explosions. Maybe they're really leaning into like matching the Mega Man experience with the the gameplay in that the games are really hard. So maybe this will just be really hard to watch. <laughs> Hopefully not for the long time Mega oh. Man fans. I feel like they could use a win after these new games that have been coming out. Yeah, too. I, Mega Man maybe. 11 just came out and I heard that's pretty good. Yeah, like they they need. I think if they can get a good movie out of it too, that's a hell of a way to bring That'd the franchise be... back, especially after the nightmare that was. Uh, what was that Kickstarter oh, uh, game uh, from uh, Inafune? Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was yeah. Awful. That. That. People that was were rough so to watch happen. You just you hate to see it because you've been watching it happen for a while, and like the whole Kickstarter nightmare was like unfolding. But you have the people with buyer's remorse, like, no, no, he's going to provide the quality product, and then the game launched. Oof. Yeah. That was yeah, big oof. That was a nightmare. So yeah, glad to see them get back to their roots and get something true to form. So it'd be cool to see them get like a a second win so close after this it one. It would be, and maybe if this goes well, uh, Sega will learn and start like taking Sonic back to its roots and not just driving that franchise into the ground. I don't get it. How you fuck up Sonic the Hedgehog so bad. I don't know, but they just need to keep getting the guys to make Sonic Mania because they, they know were, what they're doing. Yeah, that game was a lot of fun. Yeah, stoke that plus. Uh, what's it? Sonic Mania Plus is the one with the, all the yes, new stuff yeah, in it. Yeah. I think so. There's yeah. There's that new version coming out. I'm glad like they're they're keeping people engaged with that. Like, I'm happy that that sold well because I think that's one of those like community screaming, please, please give us this, please. Yeah, yeah. Um, my. One of my favorite sad Sonic stories, a friend of mine is a teacher and he had a student a couple years ago that was really into Sonic. Like every year would get like pick up the Sonic game that came out and buy like a Sonic Halloween costume. And so the Sonic game comes out one fall and he says, hey, Joey, how's the new Sonic game? And this like a 12 year old kid looks at him and sincerely is like, it's not as bad as last year's. Oh, if that's not the truest thing. Yeah, so... Because like, they, they had something with Generations, and then they just decided to... Yeah, it feels... Redo it, like, they just throw, like, new darts at the wall every time instead of trying to work with something that's actually been cool. And, holy crap, if you look at the, the, the list of people who actually worked on the game, most of them, especially, like, the level designers, never... They, they never even made Sonic games before. That's... It's like, why... Oh my god. It like it feels like one of those things like as a business decision like what do you just not care about this franchise or did someone just get the pass to be like no 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 this is the next prodigy of Sega they're gonna knock this out um, of the park they were really just focusing I... on Sonic Forces the <laughs> make your own Sonic character game yeah like that like they had like no one on that they put the, the character creator fine yeah. that's all cool I guess you got all of your deviant <laughs> art people in there playing that but like throw at least one or two people who have been working on Sonic on that. Like, it just feels like a slap in the face. Yeah. <sighs> but. I'm just, I, I feel that Facebook video of the kids screaming about Sonic and the consequences <laughs> and all of that. Like, that kid, and that little story, like, I will, I will, I empathize so much at work. Wasn't as bad as last yeah. time. Yeah. Oh. Someday, Sonic the Hedgehog will be good. Hopefully this Mega I'll Man movie is good. Mania. As we move into the bright new future of video games, with Google's Project Stream going live, uh, don't know if you've heard about this, 
But Google for a long time was rumored to be working on like a, a streaming delivery service where they're going to offload the, the processing to you and let you run games in a browser tab on Google Chrome. And hmm. that entered beta this week. I have like a nice long quote from them that I'm going to read. Streaming media has transformed the way we consume music and video, making it easy to access, instantly access your favorite content. It's a technically complex process that has come a long way in a few short years, but the next frontier for streaming will be much more demanding than video. We've been working on Project Stream, a technical test to solve some of the biggest challenges of streaming. For this test, we're going to be we're going to push the limits with one of the most demanding applications for streaming, a blockbuster video game. We've partnered with one of the most innovative and successful video game publishers, Ubisoft, to stream their soon-to-be-released Assassin's Creed Odyssey to your Chrome browser on a laptop or a desktop. Starting on October 5th, a limited number of participants will get to play the latest in the best-selling franchise at no charge for the duration of the Project Stream test. Uh, if you're interested, you can sign up for the test at uh, Google. Um, you might get picked. I don't know what their numbers are like. But I think it's crazy that they're doing this with a a triple-A game at launch. Yeah, Odyssey looks pretty yeah. good, too. Like, that's the the specs for that, uh, the min specs and recommended specs for uh, that are nothing to... Crazy. ...shake yeah. a GPU at. And yeah. I think... I mean... It's it's really cool if it actually works. Yeah, I mean, Chrome's usually taking up half of my RAM at any point anyway, yeah. so they might as well be running a game <laughs> with all of that. So... They've been, there's been a lot more stuff developing lately with uh, in-browser graphics processing stuff lately, like in terms of having, like, open, I think uh, they've been using OpenGL through, like, some JavaScript uh, packet, but um, they've been kind of pushing this lately. I've just seen, like, side stuff going on, but I had no idea Google had something going on specifically, but I suppose, like, even just the technical aspect of getting it to run yeah. at... Like compared to a like a uh, a console or just a native uh, PC, I just wonder what like input lag and stuff's gonna be like. Yeah. Like, I, did you ever mess around with the PlayStation Now I, streaming? I did the PlayStation Now a little bit because I like I like I said earlier don't have a PlayStation. It was cool to get to play uh, The Last of Us on my computer. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was okay. The, the input lag was there and was noticeable, but it wasn't, yeah. like, it didn't ruin the experience. It was just. Yeah, but it's, yeah. But it's definitely there. Like, I got in, I, I only played during the beta, and I actually played uh, Catherine. So that was a very, yeah. that's a story-based thing. There's puzzles, but that also requires at some points, especially later in the game, some really precise movement. And there was definitely some times during, like, the game that I'd get, like, a few frames of lag that, like, mm. were not good. Sometimes, like, the the cutscenes would be, like, look like 480p quality. And then when, like, the service launched, I saw the same things happening. I'd, like, imagine how much I'd want to friggin' kill myself if I were trying to play, like, Devil May Cry or, like, a Dark Souls or, game or something. Or any sort yeah, of fighting game. Yeah, just anything where you need that precise input. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful for it, but I just, I haven't... That's not a technical feat to really boldly claim you can do without being able to deliver so i don't know if if anyone's gonna do it i guess it could be google yeah i feel like any real like impressive software test is i trust it when it comes from google you know yeah i trust it but i also don't like the fact that it looks like it only works with the uh the chrome browser because 
Yeah. Every time I'm like, I should switch from less. Yeah, I'm I'm locked in, baby. They got all my (laughs) info. They know my freaking heart rate right now, probably from the proximity of my Android phone. Probably being logged by my Google account. But yeah, so I mean, I welcome my Google overlords, I guess, because God knows if they if they get it running right, there's no way I'm not going to be like, oh hell yeah. So. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen, really. And that's, I think, what ties into, like, what I want to see Sony and Microsoft do. I want to see that sort of competition in terms of, like, their marketplace, their service. Like, they've got those exclusives in those games. And I think getting people away from having to buy the hardware and just getting them to get their software is, like, 80% of the battle. And then you can still have people who want their consoles, but I think more is better. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And that's that's going to take us into our meat and potatoes discussion, our topic of the show, if you will is um is this the future of games uh we've seen stuff from microsoft there's you know it's all rumors at this point they haven't announced anything but there's rumblings that they're gonna roll out a real cheap streaming box as the baseline model for the new xbox that will you know it'll always need to be online but it'll be two hundred dollars and you'll just pull down all your games from the server and they'll offload all the the processing and the all that junk to the cloud to the cloud yeah is is cloud computing the the next big movement in gaming do you think absolutely and i think the only roadblock is going to be if isps let it happen i think we need like the industry to push back against them in terms of better bandwidth and better um better service overall because yes. holy crap like yeah. you we're talking about like streaming I, you install half this shit on your PC and it's like 150 gigs for some of these like AAA games because they don't they don't care about compressing the game. So you download like a bunch of language packets and stuff like that. So we have to make sure the developers themselves are actually optimizing for this. Otherwise, we're screwed. Like, I think it's inevitable for sure because like look at how everyone is taking in their information. Like we're watching people like we watch people play video games on stream. We want to have more stuff mobile. We want to have more stuff that we don't have to like buy a box for oh yeah absolutely so i it's it's right there it's happening it's i think you're right on about the isps though and if yeah if you can get your internet fast enough that it doesn't negatively impact gameplay yeah that would be huge but if you can't it's like why are you even trying yeah like we're lucky that being in new jersey we're our isps are pretty solid we've got that new york adjacency yeah. that gives us like five ping like when i play on counter-strike no matter what like we pretty much anyone in the new york new jersey area is at like five ping while everyone else is cracking jokes They're like oh what are you guys hosting the server <laughs> so like we're lucky but i know that even when like half the stuff launches for streaming stuff or people are like oh great big day one patch guess i'm not playing forever because like they live out in, like the midwest and their their yeah. servers suck and like it's still definitely not a solved problem for everyone and so I know that will like definitely affect the business if they can't actually get everyone playing since like data caps suck, bandwidth sucks. Like we we need to push back against them for sure. So Yeah, I so first things first, I just want to say I'm impressed that you've played Counter-Strike and had people like make jokes about your ping because the only experience I've ever had is Russian teenagers swearing at me. <laughs> You know what? Some guys get really into the terrorist side roles, so they just try to be as shitty people as possible. Uh, you know, it's the internet, so I'm not shocked. No. 
No, it's gotten a lot better since the old days, luckily, but... Oh, man. You say a lot better since the old days, and all I hear is, like, is it really Counter-Strike if no one's yelling, Sukumbliat! No, especially not if they're rushing, uh, if they're not rushing B. So. Um, so, if, if streaming becomes the, the way of the future, do you think that will get completely out of the, how, what am I saying? Oh, we'll get completely out of the model of like the beefy home boxes. Like, no, nah, I think PS4 the enthusiasts Pro is. You think the enthusiasts are going to keep it alive? Yeah, at least for, at least until like we. I think until, like the last people that grew up were like, it, it's not an option. Like as long as there are people who have experienced consoles, I think it's going to be one of those like traditions that kind of carries where people are like, eh. And I think a lot of the enthusiasts still want it because. Unless we get to a really crazy tech jump, there's going to be hands down no difference in performance between trying to stream something like, and versus having like an i7 and a GTX like 2080 Ti like in your house. Like, mm. there's no substitute for that. True. So I think that there'll still be that core group there. It'll probably eventually, unfortunately, PC gaming will probably die in that capacity. But I think that's only because it's going to be just offloaded. All the companies are doing it now. IT departments are turning more into cloud management companies. Like everything is getting offloaded, so I think that despite it eventually going to the cloud, that little core will hopefully stay there at least for like a couple life yeah. human generations. I think <laughs> hopefully, I it's I might be just like an old man ranting about it, but I feel like it's like half the appeal. It's like it's your gear, man. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with you, but. Is, the, is this something you've seen in the, like, non-gaming side of the tech world, too? Oh, for sure. Uh, everyone's looking like DevOps are turning more into um, dealing with, uh, like, Microsoft doesn't even want you having Office, like, installed on your own desktop. They want you to have the license for the cloud version, and it's easier for license management, and it's easier for, from their end, it's a bit easier for security and stuff because they have more of, like, a, it's a tighter link between the servers obviously because it's their version so like right. there's less holes in it so yeah i think it's gonna be one of those things that the like where re like quote-unquote real money happens and where like enterprises and like businesses as they're since they're kind of starting to go that way i think it's inevitable that if like those big companies can push it and get the hardware infrastructure there and all of that then the, the gaming industry will be able to pretty much ride those coattails and go oh it's been paved for us here we go <sighs> Yeah, I think uh, that that sounds about right. Man. Yeah, bright I, future. I just, I don't want to think of a world where, like, I don't just have my box, you know? I know. I, I, I hope that we can coexist. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I also hope that we end up with some kind of, like, cool streaming gameplay integration where, like, you could be watching your favorite streamer or whatever, you know, they're watching you, Mike Kane, play Counter Strike, and it's like, oh yeah, yes. one lucky subscriber gets to just jump into this game. Oh yeah, that'd be fantastic. One, the platform's got to be there, and I think we're seeing like how much Steam tries to kind of integrate that whole thing with like certain broadcasting, just being able to jump in and play like that. Oh, yeah. please. That would be really cool. Indeed. Um, but at the same time, if the tech's not there, it just turns into a laggy bug fest. Yeah, the, I don't know. it's all gameplay. <laughs> 
developers, developers, developers. It's all about the gameplay. It's all about the gameplay and if the internet can deliver graphics fast enough. Yeah. Which I I feel like as graphics cards get better, it's just going to be an arms race between can the bandwidth keep up and yeah like oh yeah sure we're you know pumping 4k hdr we got the bloom lighting the yeah at what point does it stop being worth it for me to like to when does it stop being worth it to drop 350 400 for like a brand new card that's going to last you a while and you can eh, what if i just get the high-end package on my isp and i can just stream it yeah When's that point going to happen? That's going to be exciting to watch happen because I think that's going to be a big shift for gaming and especially the big three. Yeah, man. I do not know what's going to happen. It's a terrifying and exciting time in video games. Indeed. I think I'm glad Nintendo's kind of figured out the handheld thing because I don't think they're going to jump on this wagon soon enough. So I'm glad that they kind of have their pocket because they have no idea what they're doing online. Pocket. I get it. Yeah. Oh my god, Nintendo's online service is just... I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but, neither do they. Yeah. It's better than what it used to be. and <laughs> Just like a... Still is Just like a, a Sonic game. Yeah. It's not as bad as last time they tried. It's, it's still not as good as Xbox Live was in like 2008, but hey. Oh my god, PlayStation 2 online with SOCOM was better than like Nintendo's online service. Christ. Oh my god. SOCOM. That's a oh, game yeah. I haven't thought of in a long time. If I would love to see like third person shooter like that come back out cuz That's a good uh, game. Yeah, I I spent many hours on that getting called many names at age 11. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a traumatic <laughs> experience. Oh yeah, voice communications and online video gaming. Name a more iconic duo. Um, online video gaming and racism? I don't know. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Luckily, we can mute and report those assholes nowadays. those guys, yeah. Um, I think that's that's a good note to end it on. Uh, don't be a racist <laughs> asshole. On, don't yell Sukablet at your teammates. Yeah. <laughs> do Rush B. It does work do if, you, if you go... Just don't stop in the tunnels before you get out. Don't be that guy. He's got to commit to the bit. All right, so if you want to tell us what bits you're committing to... Uh, if you want to tell us your thoughts on Google Stream, on streaming game services in general, again, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. We love getting mail. We love reading it on the air. Um, you can check us out at the Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold. If you want to hit us up on Apple Podcasts or YouTube, give us that five-star rating. Give us that subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. We love you guys. And if you want to find more from Mr. Mike Kane, you can find him at... Oh, God. Uh, NJ on Twitch when I decide to show my ass getting kicked at Counter-Strike or Dragon Ball. Uh, Can you spell that for the kids at home? K-E-M-I-X-N-J. Because nice. someone got it first. But you can find me there. You can find me playing with my band Prospect around New Jersey. Uh, we play Asbury, New Brunswick, stuff like that. Check out our last EP that just dropped, No Other Way, on Bandcamp, Spotify, all that good stuff. So... Gaming and music are just about the biggest social things I do, ironically enough. All right. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. Um, I don't have a band to plug right now. I used to be in a band called Political Party Crashers, but we haven't played in two years, so I'm going to assume... Yeah, can you guys... Can you guys... Oh, my God. Was I at... I was at that... If you were at, at the that, Halloween yeah. show, that was the last show. Well, I don't think it was the Halloween show. It was the one like, right before that. I saw you guys right at the pony. God. Yeah. It's, it's been Nick. too long. 
but well, yeah, when you have a band of your size, it's hard yeah, to get all those guys you have together. Eight dudes in a band, and everybody like goes their separate ways. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, we have an album on Spotify you can check out. I know Pete would love it if you checked out his uh, SoundCloud page for the Jetpack Advantage. It's where he makes cool chip tune and electronica beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out your uh, local musicians. Check out Pete's stuff. Check out my stuff. Check out all of their old stuff. And uh, yeah, get, get to the gig. Support local music. Go see some shows at your local dive bar. Um, Hell yeah. The bands would really appreciate it. And you'll probably hear you know better music that you'll feel cool about because nobody else will know it yet (laughs) the best kind all right that's going to do it for us here on episode 75 of the video games pals tune in next week when the gang's back to tell you all about their experiences and adventures at comic-con thanks again to mr mike kane for stepping in and filling some big shoes today you did a great job we'd love to have you back glad to be here and hopefully we can figure out something in the future 